Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It's Brett, Derek, and Mike. And of course, I'm Derek. Wait, no, I'm Brett. No, I'm not Brett either. <laughs> I'm Mike. How are you guys doing? Hello, hello. Doing good. So Happy hump day. Yeah. Not for me, it isn't. I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah, every day is hump day for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to start us off. Check out the homepage, webegeeks.net for the shows. Uh, if you want to check out the network with other different podcasts on it, it's webegeekspc.com. Either way, on either homepage, Ripped Apparel. It's got some great mashup shirts, fan art. Um, how else would you describe it? Like shirts you might find at a convention? <laughs> there, there are companies similar to, to T Public. Well, not T Public. Well, I guess T Public. Um, uh oh, sure. Shirt Punch, I think, was one. T Fury. I mean, a whole. We love fine. I mean, they're all out there. Uh, it's Ripped Apparel. Check them out. Um, they run deals quite often. Comic Bento. Uh, the new box is out, and I guess it is an old school box this month for the month of July. Mm-hmm. And also to check out superhero stuff. Whether you're looking for a hat, T-shirt, wallet, credit card wallet, a mug, a glass, Wonder Woman's invisible jet. Yes, it does exist. Check out the after. Boxing, the Wonder Woman box I did just recently. Um, the Hero Box, which is what I'm talking about. Um, those are really cool, too. Like the, the Spider-Man box that just is being shipped um, included a Spider-Man costume hoodie as part of the deal. You got one. Every box came with one. Nice. Can't go wrong with that. And that, that's 49 bucks right there. And the box, the, the cheap box, is 49 bucks. So you get your money back with just one item. Mm-hmm. And, and they guarantee you with the, the smaller and box, they guarantee you $70 worth of merch. So figure, 49 you got another 21 bucks coming. Minimum. Minimum. So, yeah, I mean, check them out. Links to them are on the homepage. Uh, also, to check out our sponsors, CAD, Audio, and Tascam for any gear need if you're ever looking into getting into podcasting yourself. So, business is done um, till the end of the show when we give our contact information. But, speaking of contact, San Diego Comic-Con contacted uh, within the last year Salt Lake Comic Con filing a lawsuit against them um, for the simple fact that Sa- uh, San Diego was claiming that they have the copyrights the copyright trademark for the word Comic Con <laughs> um, the this this whole thing is like crazy stupid what's going on <laughs> As, yeah it is and, and right now San Diego's only gone after Salt Lake they haven't gone after New York. They haven't gone after Emerald City. They haven't gone after Motor City. Right. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of these they have not gone after. But will they? Uh, I think it depends on what happens with this. Exactly. Now, 
um, Salt Lake's Comic-Con is claiming that Comic-Con is generic, used by hundreds of events since the 1960s. Uh, London Comic-Con. Uh, I believe Boston Comic-Con is one of those, run by Fan Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, the two companies have filed lawsuits and countersuits, and Salt Lake Comic-Con is asking for the support from the community and all the powers of the universe to, to help them with victory. Apparently, after almost a million dollars in legal fees, uh, SLCC is hoping they're coming close to an end. Um, and with some luck combined with un, unspe- undisputed facts, they, they foresee a victory in this. Uh, this is why they have filed their own counterclaim against San Diego. Um, here, here are the highlights so far. Comic-Con International does not have a trademark for Comic-Con. They tried to get it in 1996, but Chicago Comic-Con and Motor City Comic-Con opposed the trademark, and San Diego abandoned it. Hmm. And then they list a link to the dead trademark. Uh, San Diego did not originate the name Comic-Con. By the 60s, American and British comic book collectors were gathering for events that that they called Comic-Cons. One word, Comic-Con. Comic conventions. In 1966, three three Comic Cons were held in New York City alone, where comics originated. But it wasn't until 1970 that Golden State Comic Con convention was organized, and it wasn't until later that it was called Comic Con International. In the 90s, SDCC, or we'll just refer to it as Comic Con, uh, had decided it should own the generic culturally the generic cultural terminology and began to process a series of applications for registered marks, but claimed that they had used the phrase and mark exclusively according to trademark applications. This is a false claim that was made on their trademark applications, as there were many Comic-Cons by this time, and they did not originate the term. Comic-Con, parentheses Comic-Con, and comma, basically two separate words, and Comic-Con are generic and trademark, and the trademark office should revoke San Diego Comic-Con's trademarks, not only because they were used generically in pop culture, but because their trademarks were obtained falsely claiming exclusive use of their marks. So, um, they are generic because these terms identify a type of event, not any particular event or producer. Furthermore, San Diego abandoned any rights it might have had by granting a naked license to at least one major Comic Con event. This means the license did not have significant, uh, sufficient oversight or controls. They also did not police said trademarks between 1995 and 2014 with Comic Cons all over the country that were non-affiliated and non-licensed. Do we see how much of a mess this has become? I know who's going to pay for it. The fans. Mm-hmm. They're going to raise prices and... My question is, why are they going after Salt Lake? Uh, Why why them? Uh, I'm not sure. Is it because maybe they're smaller or? I think because maybe they're closer in proximity. Mm -hmm. But as it was was pointed out on another Facebook post, there's like 10 or 12 other shows in California that use the name, that use the words Comic-Con in their show. Mm. Um, Now, Comic-Con. I I don't get it. Comic-Con is not only generic, in fact, and and by abandoned 
pending trademark application, but when they, but when Salt Lake Comic Con applied for the trademark, and they, they applied for the trademark Salt Lake Comic Con, the attorneys at the trademark office ruled that a trademark could not be obtained because both Salt Lake and Comic Con were generic. Salt Lake has never used Comic Con to describe its convention, but it does not matter because many events around the country would use, or, and the world would use Comic Con as part of their name, and until San Diego Comic Con filed their lawsuit in 2014 against Salt Lake Comic Con, they did not make most, if not all, of the Comic Cons change their name, sign a license or agreement, or adhere to any type of standards or oversight. When they were forced to abandon the trademark for Comic Con, they then secured Comic Dash Con and have used it from that point forward. So, since they specialized and gave it a dash in between Comic and Con, they could get the trademark because it's not too general. But every other show, like Motor City Comic Con, there's no hyphen in there. Mm. No Mm. dash. Right, yeah. So Comic Con is generic and unprotectable. Unprotectable. Uh, Comic Con simply denotes a Comic Con. Comic Con is a noun indicating what the event is. Not whose event it is. Even Wikipedia states Comic Con is any comic book convention. Right. Mm. And this is and this is a a site of not so reliable sources and facts. They got one right. Um, Salt Lake Comic Con relied on the fact that the Comic Con trademark was abandoned, combined with the fact that every Comic Con outside of San Diego had no agreement with San Diego and, ass- and asserted that Comic Con was generic. San Diego Comic Con trademarks should be canceled because they did not originate the term Comic Con, and they obtained them falsely, claiming exclusive use. My goodness, this makes my head hurt. <laughs> you know, so, Pete- Everybody's everybody's been saying for years that Comic Con's getting way too big and way out of hand and Mm -hmm. and it's not about you know, it's not about what it used to be, you know, it's not about the comics, it's not about the fans anymore. And this I think this is just more proof of it. Mm -hmm. It's just getting way too ridiculous. So um so on the on this one site, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con's website, they have listed a whole thing about San Diego versus Salt Lake City, including showing U.S. Patent and Trademark Office the the indicator, you know, showing something that shows that the indicator of the trademark is dead. Mm. So they go uh, San Diego Comic Con International versus Comic Con World. San Diego Comic Con International apparently singled out Salt Lake Comic Con by threatening Salt Lake Comic Con. They threaten all conventions that use a variation of Comic Con. Here is a partial list of non-affiliated conventions using Comic Con in their name. And then there's also a variety of, of logos showing it. Uh, we have up there near the folks at Geek Watch 1, the Akron Comic Con, the Alamo City Comic Con, and that's a pretty big one, Albuquerque Comic Con, Albany Comic Con, Amazing Arizona Comic Con, Amazing Houston Comic Con, Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. <laughs> the ANS- I think their logos could be able to be trademarked or whatever because they all have the different drawings and things like that but I mean just the word Comic Con that's that's crazy I know the Arklatex Comic Con which is near where I used to live Um, Ashbury Park Comic Con, Atlanta Comic Con, Atlantic Comic Convention, Austin Comic Con, Bakersfield Comic Con, that's right there in their backyard, Baltimore Comic Con, Bang Pop Comic Con, Big Apple Comic Con, Boston Comic Con, that's up there near you, Derek. A little bit, yep. (laughs) 
um, Buckeye Comic Con, Cape Con- Cape Comic Con, Capital City Comic Con. I mean, I'm not even out of the seas yet. <laughs> <laughs> Denver Comic Con, which is a big one. Dallas Comic Con. That's um, I think that one's run by Fan Expo. Um, and there's a lot. Emerald City. Uh, I'm just trying to see if Motor City Comic Con, Nashville Comic Con, New York Comic Con, um, Ocala Comic Con. Is that near here in Florida? Puerto Rico Comic Con, which is a big one. Portland Comic Con, which is a big one. Rose City is a big one. Um, Tampa Bay Comic Con. It's been a good size. Uh, worldwide, you have uh, London Film and Comic Con, London Super Comic Con, I mean, Toronto Comic Con Fact Fan Expo, Toronto Comic Con. I mean, how much more do we go? So, I mean, all of this is, you know, take a look at most of the Wizard World. It's Wizard World, whatever city, Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So, like Orlando's, which was rescheduled till next year, uh, that announcement just came out last week. I mean, that, that would be Wizard World, Orlando. Comic Con. So why are they only going after Salt Lake? Right. And then like you said, like you stated before, it Comic Con is just something that the fans and conventions used to shorten comic conventions. So it's not like it's not like San Diego invented it. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the uh, two runners have something against each other, some kind of competition or something. Maybe. Could be. Two runners. Could be. It's weird. Yep. Yeah, the whole thing is weird. Well, what is it? San Diego Comic-Con gets to stay till at least 2021, 2020, 2021, something like that, mm. Bef- before they make a ruling on whether they need to pack up. So I don't know. It, it's it's uh, yeah. As as we've said, you know, we're there, there's not a lot of thrill with Comic Con right now. I mean, we're we're having the issue that they're. It's not really a comic convention anymore. Not with the big names up there. All right. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a. It's not like it was when Lucas showed up with Lucasfilm and Star Wars back in 76 and was essentially one of the first movies to promote at San Diego Comic-Con. And he did it because it was a sci-fi film and he was just trying to garner interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you get the major major comic companies there, but it, it's... It doesn't, Barely. Barely, yeah. But they don't, they don't really do anything anymore. It, Marvel's there. It, it, Marvel will have a booth. Well, I don't know if they'll have a booth there considering D23 is next weekend. Yeah, I think uh, was it last year or the year before did I thought one of them pulled out or the bunch it was of two comic- years. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah, two years ago was uh, they pulled out because they they had D twenty three the week before. It's like why duplicate? Why rush and pack everything up to ship up to to San Diego? Mm-hmm. To, to- I. I- I think I've been hearing that Marvel's not going to have much of a presence at SDCC this year. So, and, and the reason for that is because of the D twenty three. D twenty three, exactly right. So, which means you're not going to have a large Star Wars presence, right? You're not going to have a huge Pixar presence. So, anything Disney related, you're not going to have a huge presence, which is fine. But DC, they're going to be there. But the booth is—I bet you anything—the booth is going to be geared more towards promoting their films than it is their comics and maybe mm. promoting promoting the game you know their video games they, they're gonna have some artists there for for autographs and whatnot but that's not gonna be the focus right now here's a little test without looking it up can you guys name a single artist that's gonna be at san diego this year um comic artist or or writer or anything any comic creators todd knock or any uk ever seen this oh yeah him yeah <laughs> 
Maybe Jason. All right. All right. There's there's one, maybe two. See what I mean, though? It's like usually when you go to a convention, that's one of the big things. You you look at the list of artists who are there and you're like, mm. you know, this, I want to go see I want to go see Jay Lee. I want to go see, you know, whoever. But at San Diego, you hardly even hear about who's there for mm-hmm. artists and things. Um do they even have a guest, uh, programs and guests? Ooh. The complete program schedule will, will appear online approximately two weeks prior. Yeah, that's what Jeff uh, said last week. Mm. Said that they do that because he, he didn't even have time for times or rooms for his uh, his panels that he's doing. Yeah. The following special guests have been confirmed. Arthur Adams. Ooh. Sergio Ar- Aragonis. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember when he used to come to Motor City? Uh, Andrew Aiden. Mm, not sure. Marguerite Bennett. Oh, that's cool. So there's one for DC. Box Brown. Uh, Who's is is she the one Bennett, the one taking over Wonder Woman? Uh, I don't know. Or what'd she do? Batwoman and DC Bombshells. Uh, okay. She also writes. I'm reading Ar- Batwoman. She also reads writes for Archie with Josie and the Pussycats and Betty and Veronica. Oh, okay. Um, and she has a couple of creator owned stuff too. At Image, I believe. Yeah. No, not uh, Image. Um, Fantagraphic. Aftershock. 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 That's what it was, yeah. Okay. Uh, Gail Carringer. Joyce Chin. Not familiar. Not familiar. Uh, yeah. Joyce Chin is the cover artist for Deadpool the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guess who's like now San Diego just for that. <laughs> Guess who's now being targeted for Mighty Marvel Geeks. <laughs> if you only knew, Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> Get your restraining order ready. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. Gemma Corell, Paul Dini's going to be there. Oh, that's cool. Mark uh, Evanier. Oh, um, exactly. I'm going through some of these, and they're. I mean, I'm, I'm going to bypass these next couple because they're they're not there. Um, Melanie Gillum. Nope. Yep. Uh, Mike Grell. Ooh, I like oh, him. Yeah. Of course, he was responsible for uh, Longbow Hunters. Yeah, made uh, Green Arrow cool. Love that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Hell, Nathan Hell, Shannon Hell. <laughs> I wonder if they're all related. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Erica Henderson. Yeah. You're like, who? Yeah. yeah. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Uh, I'm still like, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Don't y'all listen to Mighty Marvel Geeks. Um. On to page three. See if there's anyone big on it. Tom King. Mm-hmm. That's big. Yeah, that's big. Jim Lee. Uh, big. He's big-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He said a few things. <laughs> yeah, here, here's a here's a nobody. Uh, maybe this guy one day will be a piece something in the biz. Stanley. Never heard. I thought, of him. He, I thought he was uh, quitting going to conventions. He was quitting coming east of the Mississippi. Oh. I think he's getting to the point where he's going to quit coming east of California. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Should. Uh, Wheeling him out soon. Marjorie Lou. Oh. Uh-huh. Sounds familiar. Black yeah, Widow. Astonishing X-Men. Okay. <clears throat> um, Dustin Nguyen. Okay. Yeah. Lil Gotham's uh, Secret Hero Society. Um, <laughs> Keith Pollard. Um, 
names that's going to grab me quick. Scott Shaw, cartoonist for and uh, was involved with Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think that's someone we need to get on the show. I used to read that all. I used to read Captain Carrot. I did, too. I saw something that is, is making a comeback. I thought I saw something, a picture of him posted somewhere for something. I can't remember what it was. Possibly. Captain um, Carrot. Alex Simmons, Gail Simone, mm-hmm. um, R.L. Stein. I think he's. Oh wow! Ba- I think he's still based out here in the Orlando area. He, no, he would be fun to have on the show. Talking about Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually worked on the Goosebumps show at Studios when we had it. Oh really? Yeah. J. Michael Stresses Stresses He's he's a big name. Oh yeah. Bruce Tim. Never heard of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds familiar. So that, so that's the, that's most of the comic. Um, other than that, I don't, uh, we know there's other guests, but yeah, and most of these, there's not an autograph area. Mm. All these people are going to be related to some sort of booth or something. Right. So, but I'll tell you, for, for, for a comic convention site, their site's hard to get around. Really? Yeah, check it out. Sue them for that. It's comic-con.org. You tell me how easy this site is to get around. It could be just me, but it seems a little dis- difficult to get around. Their their HQ site's easier than than their main site, but you guys <laughs> you have to subscribe for it. Yeah. And there's some cool shows that I want to see that are on the sh- on the site, but no, can't get close to it. So, um, but there, there's not, that's not the only negative thing about Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, Mile High Comics for the first time in 44 years is not going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Wow. wow. I remember, I remember here in Mile High back in the eighties when I was reading comics, they always have their advertisements and stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, their, uh, comic, uh, their president, Chuck Rosensky, uh, said high costs and issues with Comic-Con management have prevented their return. Um, Rosansky said, that uh, in 1973, he wrote one table booth costs forty dollars for one entire weekend. As of last year, a seventy foot space totaled eighteen thousand dollars. Wow! The year before that, my high comics paid sixteen thousand five hundred. Wow! That yeah. that's not even wow. Yeah, coupled with uh, decreasing foot traffic in the exhibit hall due to offsite events, highlighting major properties, my high comics has received diminishing returns. Well, Wow. Uh, think about it. when you you know when you have uh was it nerd headquarters or something like that not nerdist it's another group that's, that's oh, yeah. yeah they've got stuff off site because the convention center yeah you know, the convention is outgrowing the convention center mm-hmm. you know there's other people setting up shop at, at other locations so they've extended the footprint of the convention just and to, i guess uh, on top of that they had um Indifference to the San Diego Comic Con management, the fiasco that they endured last year at the beginning of last year's show when the freight handlers that they had hired failed to deliver our comics to our booth. <laughs> so, so not only are you paying eighteen thousand dollars for a booth, you don't have anything to sell there. And so that was uh, after forty-four years of my supporting them through good times and bad. That was just too much indifference to endure. Rewrote when you're in a relationship out of love and passion, but the other party can care less whether. You live or die, you have to realize that it's time to move on. Yep. Sure is. 
And it's like, and it's like what we talked about during, during the previous story with them in Salt Lake. They don't care. The only thing they care about with the fans is the money. Mm-hmm. Yep. They don't care about comics. It's not at this point. It's how many major breaking stuff can we have announced at the event? Right. And as we know, they panicked two years ago when Marvel, when Disney said, we're not setting up shop this year. And that's a major company. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that, two years ago, 2015, you had Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, and then you had D23. I think D23 last time was in August. They weren't going to do the two. They weren't going to do Comic Con in San Diego or in uh, D23. They're going any major news like that. They're going to save for stockholders and D23 members. And just the cost alone of doing anything there, that's not worth it anymore. No. Well, we, we heard Jeff talk about, um, whatchamacallit, the, just to get into like Hall H, which is one of the main halls. Mm-hmm. If you want to see the Marvel panel, you better get in line for it the, the night before, and you better be prepared to, to stomach through My Little Chainsaw Massacre, Twilight, Twilight 2. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, and and My Little Ponies do Twilight. <laughs> okay, now you're talking. Like, I think I'll pass. Yeah, there, there is a pony called Twilight. It's Twilight Sparkle. So let's rethink <laughs> this. <laughs> and and GI Joe does Twilight Eclipse. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. It, it's we saw the same thing at Celebration. It's getting to the point. I mean, I don't have a problem waiting an hour, maybe an hour and a half to get into a into a panel. But some of these big panels where now you've got the mentality you have to wait 24 to 48 hours in advance to get in. Mm-hmm. That is getting to be utterly insane. Yeah. I mean, just point blank. It's insane. I don't know who wants to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's like it's like going to an amusement park. You spend all your time in line. The ride's like thirty seconds, and the line's like two hours long. Now wait, wait, wait. Then, what, uh, what are you trying to apply? <laughs> no, nothing. You guys need to make out a better uh, system. Actually, Disney has a, a a pretty good system. Oh yeah, the Fast Pass or whatever it is. Yeah, don't but, they have something new now? Don't they? Well, the Magic Bands, but that that coincides with the Fast Passes. Yeah, but at least they have something. You know, yeah. Well, it, it's yeah, you can also keep track of wait times on on an app too, which a lot of other places don't. All right. Um, let's see, Disney's Animal Kingdom. There are still wait wait at the time of this recording. There are still wait times. What is this one? Avatar: Flight of Passage. One hundred and thirty-five minute wait time. Wow! Holy cow! And it's Na- uh, almost eleven p.m. Navi River Journey: thirty minute wait time. But you know those wait times, I will get in line for if it was like it was opening day you are or when they opened up frozen at, at epcot and it mm-hmm. was <laughs> what do they have um magic kingdom's got eight wait times going on right now because there's they got extra magic hours um it was like a 500 minute wait oh my gosh wow yeah and that was just to see elsa and anna uh most of the wait times over at magic kingdom right now are okay character meet and greets you got a 25 and 50 
minute wait time. Uh, oh, it's got 55. 50 minute is Mickey Mouse. Or no, Mickey Mouse is uh, 25 minute. Who's got the 50? Uh, Tinkerbell? Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Wow. 50 minutes. Uh, Tomorrowland Speedway is a 50 minute wait. That's because that's such a slow ride. <laughs> the Speedway uh, is a slow ride? Yes, it is. <laughs> Meet Cinderella and Elena at the Princess Fairytale Hall. It's a 30 minute wait. How late are they open? Tonight, um, Magic Kingdom is open. Come on. Is my phone slowing down? I don't thought they would have been closed by now. No, I think that I think Magic Kingdom has extra magic hours tonight, which means they stay open a little later. I have extra magic hours too, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Nothing. Yeah, I'm not getting the apps frozen up on me now. Frozen, I get it. The, uh, uh, yeah. Let it go. No. Just, just let it go. Theme park got brain hours. Tell you what the spa times are. Um, oh, 1 a.m. Oh, Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Pandora, the world of Avatar, May 27th through July 4th, available from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sticking around that late to, to ride it. Mm-hmm. But they, they almost have to. Yeah, if you're waiting that long. So, yeah. Yeah, Disney is not hurting for money. Nope. Mm-hmm. Depends <laughs> on which side of things that you're hearing. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more as that time comes and it's coming. <laughs> so, um, speaking of Disney, yeah, a little a little Star Wars news. Oh, uh, yes. So, coming in December is the Last Jedi. We're all excited about it. No, a little. Never heard of it. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose I'll have to go see it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but could it possibly be the best Star Wars? movie ever made that's uh that's asking a lot (laughs) but it does have a few things going for it that could make it at least the best of the new movies uh for example middle chapters have a marked advantage uh the way the trilogy a trilogy is structured gives each chapter a specific role first film designed to introduce everything start the story uh the final installment ties up all loose ends brings a story all together and wedged between is the middle chapter where our primary plays are already well established the narrative gets to pick up on the momentum of the first film and we end at the climax of the action to set up the final installment this is why the second season of a tv series is typically the strongest and why middle chapters like the lord of the rings the two towers and the empire strikes back were the strongest in their respective trilogies the last jedi but my question is what was Attack of the Clones really the stronger film? Out of I was going to say, yeah, I think I think uh, the last one was definitely the better of that one, uh, th- that series. Well, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I could say either because I just I don't know. It's all a mess. So. The best of the worst, I guess. I guess, yeah. But but they're right. Empire was definitely the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and anybody says differently is wrong. In two ta- actually, I don't know if I would say two towers was the best. I, I don't anyway. understand. I, I just don't understand. <laughs> 
So, reason number two. The film is in steady creative hands. J.J. Uh, Abrams kicked things off as a creative presence behind The Force Awakens, but it's Rian Johnson whose fingerprints will truly define this new trilogy. He's both the writer and the director, and will also pen the script for the Colin Trevorrow-directed Episode Nine. His body of work is impressive, to say the least, having been the man behind the camera for a handful of Breaking Bad episodes, which is oh, an excellent show, uh, while, while writing and directing 2013's instant sci-fi classic Looper, which I actually have not seen. I wouldn't say that was a classic. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of heard I've heard mixed things about it, but yeah. uh, so The Last Jedi is in good hands, apparently. Number three, there's a whole lot of emotional weight to carry the story. Part of what made Star Wars so great involves the way it really makes you care for its characters. When the franchise has stumbled, it's been because we have emotional investment. Looking at you, episode one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Force Awakens brought that emotion back to Star Wars, and Last Jedi is a perfect position to build around the framework. Why do I have a funny feeling I'm going to hear, we're going to hear it from Ken. About what? Are attacking the the prequels. Oh, he likes them? They're bad. (laughs) (laughs) There are parts of it that I liked. There are things about it that I like, yes, but... All in all, it's the they are the weakest of the of the trilogy of the entire saga. Worst Star Wars ever. <laughs> Agreed. All right. So moving on, uh, we'll finally get some answers, right? Hopefully. Uh, if Abrams has proved anything throughout his career, it's that he's a master of the mystery box. That sounds uh, almost dirty. Yes. <laughs> Lost was built on. The bedrock of posing questions and teasing at answers, and we can see that DNA everywhere in The Force Awakens. Uh, and I just had a stupid pop-up come up. <laughs> Oops. So, going back on that, I think uh, there's some interesting things that have been built up. Yeah, since uh, Johnson doesn't have a current record record, doesn't have the same propensity for deception. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's We'll, uh, so I guess we'll actually get some answers, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, some GD answers, as they uh, say in the article. <laughs> if, if not, we now know if we ever decide to do that anonymous episode where we're all anonymous, or allegedly who we are. We have the effects to process our voice. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eric. <laughs> <laughs> the slate has crashed on me. <laughs> Want me to go ahead with the next one, Derek? Yeah, go ahead. All right. I'll pick well, it I'll up. try and get it back up. Uh, Ky- number five is Kylo Ren and the Rise of a Villain. Kylo Ren could very well be the most interesting character in the entire new trilogy. I won't go that far. He was sent away as a child to train with Luke, was eventually turned to the dark side by Supreme Leader Snoke, and helped single-handedly destroy the reborn Jedi Order. Even through all that, he still remains conflicted by the time we met him in The Force Awakens. Even though he's still firmly in Snoke's camp, he consistently felt the pull of the light side before offing hand. You can call him emo all you want. But he had some pretty some pretty good moments in there too. Yeah. Well, now I have a chance to see him shine as a true villain. 
Hopefully, I'll get some training so he doesn't get schooled by these rookies. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you back up there? Can you want me to keep going? Keep going. All right, number six, Leia's final bow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Well, they, 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 they said they're not writing her, or they're not killing her, or killing the character. Mm. But I would love to see how they have her uh, right off into the sunset. Yeah. Yeah, Hollywood is rocked with the news of Carrie Fisher's passing at the end of 2016. Um, she was one of the industry's brightest and most honest stars, and getting in to see her reprise her role as Leia on The Force Awakens was nothing short of a treat. Last Jedi will mark Fisher's final appearance with filming having wrapped early last summer. Yeah. Seeing Leia go out on her final bow promises to be a heart-wrenching experience for fans, and we have a bit of faith in Lucasfilm to give her the ending she so rightfully deserves. Now I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had actually, I had actually forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. We're not like forgotten. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> Number seven, getting a true lay of the land. We don't we don't want answers just purely out of curiosity. Many of the unanswered questions we have concerning the new trilogy are tantamount to understanding the greater context of the Star Wars universe uh, after Return of the Jedi. Like questions like who is Supreme Leader Snoke and how he came to power in the wake of the Empire's fall. What exactly happened to Luke's collapsed Jedi Order? How did Ben Solo follow the dark side and turn into Kylo Ren? Answers to these questions will help us get a better idea for the world we're currently operating in which internally enhances the overarching narrative. I wonder how many of those answers we will actually get in this movie. Well, I kind of like the next one. An Empire Strikes Back-esque twist is on the horizon. So Luke Luke loses his other hand? (laughs) Well, there's nobody to tell him he's his father now. Right. Uh, Their betting true race true identity will be revealed. I'm sure. So, So he cuts off his other hand and then tells her that he's her father. <laughs> they find his original hand. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Finn and Poe. Uh, given that Poe Dameron was supposed to die in the original draft of The Force Awakens, it's unfortunate that Oscar Isaac will get at least another film in the Star Wars saga. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was supposed. What? You know, he was supposed to die. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was supposed to die. Where he gets captured, he was supposed to die. Uh, okay. Most rumors from the set seem to think that Poe and Finn will get, go off on their own side quests while Ray trains with Luke. Putting together two characters whose on-screen chemistry has already been proven. Yep. I could definitely see that. Yep. Then the then the final one, Disney's handling of the Star Wars franchise has yet to impress us. Hence, it's not hard to expect excellence. I don't know. Prequels, uh, anyone? But that wasn't Disney, though. So Yeah, I disagree with that. I think Disney's handling of it is fine. I mean, they I finally they finally put um they, they finally put some order to the whole expanded universe thing and said, look, right, what's been out? We have a chance to s- start fresh. We're going to start fresh, mm-hmm. and because there were already problems in the last, you know, with the last expanded universe, right? Yeah. So it got it just got way too out of control. Mm-hmm. A lot of hands in the pot. All the different writers are writing books for it, mm. and not and not one of them Luke's. <laughs> okay, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> Michael be here all night. Thank you. <clears throat> what Michael Bay's here? Oh no, shit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be big. I'm hoping yeah. that it reveals some stuff, like they said. I know. I can't wait to yeah. see it. It's, it's going to be intriguing. So now, going from good movies to bad movies. Um, how so, Universal's Dark Universe can be saved. 
Get rid of Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Shut After, it down. Yeah. After the mummy flopped at the box office, it was supposed to ignite a sprawling monster universe known as Dark Universe. But this first outing starring Tom Cruise was not the summer blockbuster hit the studio was hoping to have for. Next up is going to be The Bride of Frankenstein, but many fans believe that this series, based on the classic horror movies of yesteryear, is doomed. Well, guess what? It doesn't have to be that way. The universe can turn the sinking ship around, and we're confident that Dark Universe can live and thrive in today's modern cinematic landscape. But how do you might ask? Let me explain. Please this do. Is from, this is from MovieWeb, by the way. With big movie franchises like Despicable Me, Jurassic World, Fast and Furious, The Bourne series, as well as Fifty Shades of Grey films, one would think that Universal Pictures would be happy. This isn't to suggest they would just rest on their laurels. It's just saying that they have some huge temple franchises and people seem to want more of those movies. So what's not to love about that? Plenty, it appears. Uh, reality for Universal is try as they might, Vin Diesel just doesn't seem to be able to break out of the role of Dominic <laughs> Toretto in the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> 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 the Triple X franchise is floundering, also starring uh, Vin Diesel. Uh, the Last Witch Hunter, um, nobody cared about that. Uh, I didn't even see that. I don't know. The problem for Universal is that unlike Disney and some other studios, they don't have any superhero franchises. They've got big movies, they've got franchises, and they've even got something kind of a quirky, almost artsy with the whole Fifty Shades thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah. But without any superheroes as being one of the big studios on the planet, that ultimately it seems like it's leaving a gaping hole in their bottom line. Yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah. Get rid of Tom Cruise, oh. step one. <laughs> There's, yeah, but There's Russell, plenty Russell of Cur- other superheroes out there. Well, Valiant's got their own thing. Um, wait, who who Universal partner up with with Dark Horse? Oh no, Lionsgate's got that. Or who? Who who controls Lion? I don't know. It, it's. It, it, it's mummy did not do good here in the states, no. but it does no. great overseas, and, and, and that's that's a funny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and with this, um, I mean, let's take a look at June, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Transformers: The Last Night, The Mummy, and Cars Three have all underperformed, um, each making hundreds of millions less than their immediate forebears. Or in the case of the Mummy, a Brendan Fraser film that came out in 1999. Now, Cars 3, I thought, did better in the box office than they said. Um, But to think that you have to ignore some of the biggest hits of the year, Wonder Woman, Guardians, uh, The Fate and the Furious, or The Fate of the Furious and Logan, um, it's a lot of people are trying to lay blame at Rotten Tomatoes with their increasingly essential tomato meter. Um, (laughs) It's not... It's not Rotten Tomatoes' fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has become the excuse du jour for anonymous studio executives. Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes is supposedly why The House, a comedy that wasn't even screened for critics, flopped. A few weeks ago, sources complained to Deadline about underperformance of Pirates 5 and Baywatch, both of which were critically drubbed, claiming that once upon a time, these types of film, a family adventure, and an R-rated comedy were critic-proof. I would think Baywatch is right there with chips. Yeah. 
horrible. So, um, so to have this issue of, okay, so now we go to a fifth Transformers movie, a third Cars movie, and the reboot of The Mummy. Uh, the first two were sequels to films that got bad reviews and made less money. Um, sign, and it's signs that their respective studios chose to ignore in favor of their overall brand recognition. Um, the latter was even more audacious, was a more audacious gamble, an attempt to turn Universal into a action franchise, turn the horror horror franchise into a action franchise. Um, it, it's it's not going to happen though. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of signs of trouble. I mean, the Mummy. Oh uh, wait, uh, where is it? Pirates Five collected. S- 711 million worldwide. Transformers 435 million to date and the mummy has taken in only 75 in the states but has made 350 million worldwide. It's crazy. But yeah. here, here's the fun part. These totals totals are enough to keep these movies from being true financial catastrophes even though on the home front they're considered flops. Uh, but the same it seems will go for Despicable Me 3 which opened to 75 million last weekend versus $115 million for his previous entry, Minions. Um, there's plenty of signs that there's trouble. Transformers last night indeed opened to a, a nice $123 million in China, but that total collapsed, but but that totally collapsed by 75% in its second week. Mm. So, I mean, where do we... So the question comes down to... Um, are we, you know, is Hollywood also pandering to Chinese audiences or, or the overseas market and not focusing on here? So, no. yeah, because they were expecting Transformers. They knew that Transformers probably wouldn't do as well here, but they were expecting it to do well overseas and in China, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point in time, what do we do? The funny thing is I saw, I saw, we talked about it on, on Keepers. Transformers in China had an 82% drop from its first week to its second week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, well, supposedly we have another um, hit coming this weekend you know, with Spider-Man Homecoming. And uh, was it Time Magazine decided they were going to rank the seven films uh, from 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 worst to best. <laughs> now they start off number seven um, with the actually it's the stage how show come, Spider-Man how can they even off count the dark. This is a movie with what? Wait, what? The play that they release the the musical oh, yeah. Yeah. from injured um, actors to budget problems. I don't know. I don't know how they were, are able to rank this in here because yeah, it's an incarnate because it's an incarnation of Spider-Man. Well, if that's it's the not case, a movie. Let's, let's add the TV show. Let's let's add the the two-hour pilot that was a TV sh- that was released in theaters before the TV series came out. The title of the article specifically says "Every Single Spider-Man Movie." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you can't count that. No. So we're gonna go to Moving number on. six, the yes. Amazing Spider-Man number two. I will agree yep. with this. This was yep. the second of the Spider chick flicks. It was horrible. Oh. Horrible. Uh, I dis. I might disagree with this one. Spider-Man three. Uh, yuck. I, yeah, I, it was not good. But see, I was. I just was for the dance theme alone. <laughs> I was swapped it with what's in number four, which is the Amazing Spider-Man. 
I yeah, actually didn't find that. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you, Mike. Uh, still chick flick. Still chick flick shows too. Yeah. Some stone, man. Uh, um, number three, Spider-Man Homecoming. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we can't really say much because we haven't seen it yet. No. Right. Number two, Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire. See, I, I enjoyed the first two Tobey Maguire films. Mm. I did too. Yeah. But I will agree with them here on the next choice. Spider-Man 2 is definitely the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think Spider-Man, just original, was so big because it kind of kicked off the whole superhero genre. Yeah. You wouldn't See, have uh, Iron Man and all those without without him paving the way. What, you don't think Howard had anything to do with that? Or Blade? Uh, um, Howard might have we're lucky Howard didn't kill it Um, (laughs) what are you trying to say I think if you look back at the history of superhero movies I do think Blade plays a very important part a very essential part so did Howard (laughs) so anyway Blade was actually (laughs) ouch (laughs) I can only say so much about Howard because I do have the soft spot because Leah Thompson was in it but other than that, oh yeah, Leah Thompson, <laughs> Queen of Marvel. I think we're aging ourselves here. <laughs> queen. Yeah, no kidding. I I agree with her. She's the Queen of Marvel. Most of our winner, most of our listeners are like who? <laughs> you. Most of our listeners might know her from Switched at Birth over on Freeform. You say so. Yeah, I'll say so. I tend to stay away from that channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was definitely one of my early. Earliest crushes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right up there with Carrie Fisher in the gold bikini. Uh, yep. Actually, even Carrie Fisher in the white dress from from uh, for the first Star Wars movie is pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. Very young. That we were. To, to be that young again. Uh, wait, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so, um, is that wrap it up? What? Is that wrap it up for this week? <laughs> oh, we didn't, uh, what, what we didn't we talk about uh, the Doctor Who finale. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, who? The fall of the Doctor. So if you who? want to take a little break, Mike, you can go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go make some coffee or tea. Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So. Seeing, seeing number one uh, come back was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. That was the episode. The, the, that was definitely a good episode. It's been, yeah. a, it's been an interesting season. I'm still... Yeah. I'm still bummed that Capaldi's leaving, but it's definitely the way that I thought he would go out. Though he's angry, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is. He is not going quietly. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. But he kind of uh, like went through all the different doctors when he was when he was doing it. Yeah, with the uh, Tennant and, and uh, Smith especially. Yeah, have, have they announced a, a replacement? No, not. back by now until Christmas. Yeah, we won't know until that. Well, we might find out a little earlier, maybe, but. Yeah. They have not yet announced the replacement. Wow. But the companion bill is gone, too. Mm, yeah. In a very interesting way. I can't believe that was, like, in the first five seconds of the the, the show. We should get shot right in this. <laughs> Gets a I know. Through her. <laughs> and I, the funny thing is, I was like, okay, so how are they going to fix that, I wonder? And they, they right. really didn't. No. Exactly. No. Unless you consider being turned into a Cyberman <laughs> being fixed. Oh, by the way, spoiler warning. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I guess we're past what 
what did we say, 48 hour or 72? Yeah, 48. We're past both. Yeah, since it was what last Saturday? Was it last Saturday? Yeah. Saturday, yeah. We're past the both of those. So if you haven't yeah. watched it yet, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to see the original, uh, actually, all versions of the Cyberman. Yes, that was awesome. Episode. Yep. Yeah, so, but definitely a dark, not a happy ending. <laughs> no, definitely not. But no. I, like, I like that. I like uh, I like when the I like it occasionally when there's not a happy ending mm-hmm. <laughs> or not in, not without a price. Right. I like my I like my happy endings with a price. It wasn't quite because I wasn't atta- as attached to Bill as I was uh, with uh, the puns mm. the way that with the way that they left the show. Yeah, I, I was more gutted about that. Yeah, Capaldi. Uh, I don't know. I'm not excited to see him go as I was with Matt Smith. I don't. Either. Well, the thing I don't think he he got enough. I don't think I got enough of them. So I'm not ready for him to leave, but yeah, it's <laughs> not up to me. And he's, I didn't realize he was uh, as old as he was. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, again, on my other podcast, Keepers of the Fringe, we just watched uh, a movie called The Lair of the White Worm, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but it stars a very young Peter Capaldi. Oh, wow. Wow. Like, like so young that you, that at first we were like, is that him? I think that, yeah, that is him. <laughs> And it also stars Hugh Grant and all that, but whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who is the female lead in it? I think she's on a TV of a TV show. Ah, I forget her name now. She was, she was English. Yeah. I don't remember what she was on. Yeah, she's she's been on a few different things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was pretty funny to see him so young. Yep. And that movie was in 1988, so. Wow. But I like uh, how they also did. You watch the uh, deleted scene after after the show uh, yep. where, where he was yep. playing the guitar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think that's that's him actually playing it because I think he was in, a, so, was in yeah. a band. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm sure all the uh, bets are going to be in as who it's who it's going to be. Oh yeah, there's already all kinds of speculation. And, who, who's and, the forerunner at the moment? Uh, nobody in particular, but there's things like. Uh, People are saying, could there be a woman this time? Or, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's got their own favorites that they're floating around from, you know, everybody from Idris Elba to, you know, who knows? Right. Matt Smith coming back. That yeah. would be a, fir- yeah, that would I be have, a first. I've heard, I have yeah. heard that one, yeah. If he comes back, will he be the same doctor? That's the question. Ah, uh, yes. All right, we've got the latest odds for... Uh, Replacement from Phoebe Waller-Bridge to Natalie Dormer. Natalie Dormer. Wow. That would be interesting. That would be. We're now reaching. It's going to be Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Marshall. Felicity Jones. 9 to 4. Michaela Cole. I don't even know who she is. 6 to 1. Natalie Dormer. uh, 8 to 1. Tilda Swinton. 10 to 1. David Harewood. He'd have to leave Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, 12 to 1. James Norton. Wow. 16 to 1. Olivia Coleman. 20 to 1. She had to leave Broadchurch, which I think is wrapping up anyways. Mm. Ben Wishaw. I've heard of who he is. Uh, 20 to 1. Richard Aote. Uh, 25 to 1. Wow. And they've got some other longer odds. See if there's anybody, nobody that I know of. So yeah, they're all over the place with uh, people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, just a big guessing game right now. <laughs> this just in, none of us right. have been asked to ca- be cast for it yet. Well, you don't know that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying it's to say? A, I know I have the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, here first. <laughs> next time you see me, I'll be recording Weeby Geeks from my TARDIS. Yes. <laughs> that sounds cool, man. <laughs> yeah. 
So does uh, now I'm assuming that's going to wrap things up. Yep. <laughs> I think we got it all. We got it all. Any final thoughts? Nope. Well, you can contact the show at, oh, it's been so long since <laughs> I've said it, at, was it, WBG at WeBeGeeks.net, if I remember right. Sure, we'll go with that. If not, we'll we'll correct it next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> if that's not the correct email address, then send us an email. We'll correct it on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, actually, I will go right here, right now, and look. Give me a quick second. Um, follow us on Facebook at WeBeGeeksPC, on Twitter at WeBeGeeks, at NESGeek, and at Geek Happenings. Is that correct? NES of geek. geek underscore happenings. What they said. <laughs> and how do you spell it? How do you pronounce yours, Derek? NES of geek. Okay. I thought you said knees of geek or something like that. No, it's just NES. Yeah. Of geek. Okay. Email address is weebygeeks at weebygeeks.net. There we go. There you go. There we go. Um, Again, check out our affiliates on the homepage of weebygeeks.net. And until next time. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.